following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Back live across Michigan, hour number three on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. 19 stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. Also there, you can listen to the free stream weekdays at three. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show. And you can listen live anywhere in the world where you get mobile service. Latest from the Mel Tucker story out of East Lansing. Diane Bynum, who is a Michigan State Board of Trustee, has called for an investigation on the leak of the name of the Title IX filey, I guess we can say, right? The person that filed the complaint, Brenda Tracy. So what you're getting now is that Diane Byram... I said Bynum, Byram, Board of Trustee wants an investigation done by Michigan State. There's no way in hell Michigan State can investigate anything on their own connected to sexual improprieties. No way. This has to be an independent party, you know. That's how they got moving forward on Nasser. And again, I'm not comparing the, the two cases. I'm just saying the process of transparency. The questions that are out there that Michigan State, Lansing State Journal requested what procedures were put in place to monitor Mel Tucker for nine months, and they refused to give up any of the info. You get Nasser victims still wanting paperwork released by the Board of Trustees, and they won't give it up. They can't get out of their own way. And this has gone national again. National story last night. Forget the big game. It's big for Washington, another team that could win the national championship. I'm just shocked at how bad Michigan State is as a university when it comes to leadership on sensitive issues. You would have thought they would have learned their lesson big time during the Nasser fiasco. And it was a fiasco on the MSU side. It's the power. The more I think about it, it's the power of the Michigan State Board of Trustees. It is. They have the absolute power. There's somebody still inside Michigan. There's somebody still inside Michigan State because they're still, they got an interim president. It's not Izzo. There's somebody with power. And my guess is they're from the Board of Trustees. Making these idiotic calls and they did. So what you need to do is look at the Board of Trustees when the Nasser stuff began and when it ended and the Board of Trustees now. And you probably can figure out and point to names that were there for all of it. It has nothing to do with 
scoreboard, wins or losses. And that goes back to my point that I said on early Sunday morning, and I'm sticking with it, that the minute the complaint was filed, maybe not suspend them then, but they did keep an eye on them, as Michigan State AD Allen Haller said on Sunday. You have to keep an eye on them. You have to have some protocols in place to monitor your $95 million coach. And then when I would have gotten word, if I'm the AD in July, that it's going to a hearing, I would have said, Mel, uh, you're going to be suspended. And we're going to do it with pay until the hearing. We're going to suspend you with pay. You will not be allowed on campus. You will not coach. You will not be a part of this team until the hearing is over. And if you're exonerated, you'll get your job back or a good chance of getting it back. Instead, they decided to wait it out. Then her name gets released. And in Title IX, only the person who filed the complaint or the other side with First Amendment can release the info. She then had to release the info. So a story wasn't out there setting her up. As the instigator, even though if you look at Twitter right now, a lot of people blame her. Just like some blame the Nasser survivors. It's just, it, for Michigan State University and a school this big, to go revisit national headlines connected to sexual improprieties involving Michigan State personnel, it's insane. You would have thought after Nasser that that school would have had the tightest protocols and would have understood transparency first. Instead, you let the story get released by the victim to USA Today. And a couple of days later, we get statements from everybody. Then Tracy, through her lawyer, the victim, has to come out and say, my name was leaked by the school. And then everyone says, oh, that's just her. She's setting it up. And then a Michigan State Board of Trustee, at least from what I read from her statement, says that the leak came from Michigan State and she wants an investigation. Forget football. Forget sports. Forget everything involving tailgating Saturday, Washington coming in, one of the best teams in America. This is a colossal lack of leadership at Michigan State that now is extending what? And we're going to use the phrase decades? I've seen it, folks. These schools in these smaller towns, they think they have kingdoms and castles there where they are bulletproof to anything, everything, anybody, everybody. And I'm telling you, it usually resides with the president, a powerful head coach, AD, or your board of trustees. Others will have board of regents. There's different names at different schools. I'm going to go off of knowing what I know about everything on how Nasser started, how Mitch Lyons, the former Michigan State Board of Trustee, filled me in on all the backroom politics. I'm going to go with that the Michigan State Board of Trustees is the epicenter of all of the leadership issues and lack of transparency at Michigan State. Oh, well, we're hiding behind Title IX. Uh, yeah, it's a privacy. How, how about this? Sunday and Monday... Interim President Woodruff 
Alan Haller talking about Title IX, privacy. We had to respect it. That's why we didn't do anything. And the next thing you know, one of their own from the Board of Trustees is calling for an investigation about who leaked the victim's name. You can't make this up. It's a clown show. And it's everywhere. Twitter. Oh, there's USA Today writer with more tweets last night today. You don't think other people are going to roll into Lansing and start investigating on their own? There could be a whole nother federal investigation on Michigan State that they just went through with Nasser. Let it come out that somebody from Michigan State leaked that victim's name. Oh, my, the alleged victim. Let me phrase it that way. Like I said, yeah, I, I said this last night. If that, if that leak came from Michigan State, you can clean out the board of trustees, every single person in leadership. It's done. Shut down the university. Oh, well, this is only one isolated incident. This is infidelity. I hear all this. No. You, you just, you're a Michigan State fan. Not all of you. Some of you are very intelligent, smart, and you're as irritated by this as me that others want to say, well, you know, Nasser's behind us because you paid everybody off. So, like I said, the board of trustees didn't want to work with Nasser survivors, voted no, no <laughs> at Michigan State. No. And I'm not laughing. I'm just like, flabbergasted by it. So the survivors, Rachel Denhollander, tweeted out on Sunday, we are still requesting paperwork from the Nasser case and the Board of Trustees won't give it up. And the Lansing State Journal asked yesterday for what protocols were put in place for Mel Tucker that Alan Haller alluded to in that press conference on Sunday. They get nothing. And here we are today with the board of trustee calling for Michigan State to investigate themselves. Whoever the script writer was for Nasser in terms of university response, whoever that script writer is today, I said it all along, PR firm, somebody inside any building, any slaying scene, they are the worst ever. My God. All right. Do we got Doug Skeen standing by for the Michigan football podcast with Chris Ballas at TheWolverine.com? Michigan, by the way, has a game on Saturday night against Bowling Green. Skeen does the podcast with Ballas. It's really good. Listen to it at TheWolverine.com. He's standing by live uh, from uh, the space station uh, with us. How you doing, Doug? I'm good, Bill. I'm noticed in your in your lead up to our little shot here is yeah oh by the way there's a football game saturday night in ann arbor i don't know if anybody's paying attention but there is going to be a football game in ann arbor it's going to be one of these lansing too it'd be great to just talk about football wouldn't it yeah you know and i think this is the first time i brought up michigan bowling green all week long and it's wednesday at 5 11 30 <laughs> yeah um, yeah that's it's, it's it's sad but true and uh well it's Hopefully that mess gets sorted out sooner than later for everybody up there in East Lansing. Yeah, and it was, I think, if you look at it, it's one of the biggest 
non-conference games they've ever had in East Lansing, and you have this mess going on, so be it. Let's move on and talk about Michigan and uh, Bowling Green. You know, a lot of fans are saying, hey, things haven't looked exciting. I know we've had the rotating replacement coaches for Harbaugh. Uh, two games in, what's your take on what you've seen from Michigan football? Well, two games in, I see, a, I see some new parts and pieces that I think a lot of fans – Expected it just to carry over from last year's Ohio State game and some of the offensive electricity that came out of that TCU playoff game. And we've seen some of that, right? We, myself included, and you and I and Ballas, back from Tullymore, we talked about the desire to see a more advanced, flashy passing offense. And I, I'd say that Michigan has checked that box for the first couple weeks. I think the biggest gripe, if there is any, or people are groaning, that Michigan right now is ranked about, I don't know, in the middle 40s in rushing offense in the United States. And uh, Corum has looked better last week, but Donovan Edwards has not broken out and cracked off two 80-yard runs for touchdowns this young season. That makes some people expected to see that. And I have to, you know, watch the film and say to myself, well, you, you do have a new center in there. The kid's pretty good. And we got a new right tackle in there, and we got a kid that played – right tackles playing left tackle this year, then those changes do matter. It takes a little while to get into game speed and game reps and get used to things. And there has been, you know, I, I think it's absolutely true that these two young backs and the assistant coaches, Mike Hart's talked about it publicly, they need to be a little bit more patient with what that offensive line is doing up there. And if the defense is going to load that box, Bill, and say you're not running the football, then okay, we got to let J.J. do his thing. So I'm not... I'm not as panicked as some of the Michigan fans I've heard in the last couple weeks. I think they're on schedule to be just fine. We haven't seen the fireworks. We're not, it's not 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter. And for me, that's okay. Doug Skeen with Chris Ballas. They have the Michigan football podcast you can hear weekly at the Wolverines.com. He's joining me on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. You know, it's similar to last year. There was a lot of complaining. They looked boring. You know, they were able to run the ball much better last year. The O-line, there is a little concern. I know you just alluded to it, Doug, but uh, switching positions, but the ability just to be bulldozers, I haven't seen that as much in the first two games as I did last fall. No, you haven't seen that, and I think there's two reasons for that, Bill. Number one, if you're going to put your safety three steps behind your, your middle linebackers, I don't care how good Michigan's offensive line is at their gap down and, and bring a backside uh, guard or tight end around to fill a front side. If you don't have enough bodies to block the opponent, then it's going to be difficult to run the football. So schematically, that's been a problem because these first two opponents have made an effort to stop Michigan's run. And if I were an opposing defensive coordinator, I'd probably do the same thing. But now J.J. has demonstrated that you can't just do that. So in this game against Bowling Green, maybe we're going to see them have to back off and not be so committed to stopping the run. The other thing that I think is in play here, I don't think Michigan is rolling out their entire playbook. I think against these first two opponents, I don't think he has to roll out his entire playbook offensively, Coach Moore and and the rest of the offensive staff. And they're just working on the fundamentals. And if you can go win these games by 30 points with a third of your playbook in play, then I'm all right with that because there's going to be obviously some bigger moments in this season where we're going to need to do some things that we don't want all of our opponents to have already seen. 
Harbaugh did save his playbook in the TCU game, and that didn't work out too well. No, that didn't. No, that got, well, that's the opposite, Bill, right? So that Harbaugh's playbook got too cute in that TCU game there. I mean, we talked about that a thousand times. Uh, hopefully we don't ever go back to that. So Michigan gets rolling here against these opponents when we get into October. I think you're going to see a few more deformations and a few different wrinkles. And I think we're going to be just fine. Uh, in, in this early season, the one the one schematic thing I have noticed is a little bit different. Dallas and I talked about it. I've noticed Michigan doing a little bit more zone blocking than we have did uh, had had done last year at this time. And so you've got you know two different blocking styles up front with an offensive line. You, you know you tell your guys you block him, you block that guy. Zone blocking is much different for your offensive line. It's not assigned to an individual man. It's blocking an area and whoever shows up in it. And the back has choices. The back can keep it front side. You can go middle. You can cut it all the way back to the back side of the original play direction. Michigan didn't do a ton of that last year, but they've done a little bit more of that this year. And that's a curveball for most defenses because that has not been our bread and butter. We're a power football team. This offense looks like it's trying to do a few different things here in this early season. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at Michigan, late 80s, early 90s. Also a co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast with Chris Ballas that you can hear weekly at thewolverine.com joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee Guest Line. And a couple things where I kind of take a deep breath and look at these games. They're all winnable. They won't be threatened at all. They haven't been against UNLV or East Carolina. Won't happen with Bowling Green. Probably not Rutgers, but Big Ten, you might change your mindset. Let's remember that Corum and Edwards, Edwards, though, not a leg injury, but Corum is coming back uh, from a knee injury. So there's a process of him getting reps, confidence, game action, and the fact that he may not be as fast as he was before, and he'll just have to get back and feel comfortable. Same thing with Edwards, but I think they're trying to get Corum a lot of reps to get him ready for the Big Ten and see if they can get him all the way back. Yeah, I mean, I say, I was, I've been impressed with Corum uh, having been through a knee injury myself a long, long time ago, and anybody who's had a significant knee injury knows uh, to get back on the field and plant your foot, twist and cut, and get up to speed immediately. Um, it takes a lot, and it takes a lot of confidence between the ears to go out there without fear and and play the play the game of football and not worry about that knee. And I, I've been impressed with Quorum's ability to do that early. And it may be his top speed. Maybe he's not there where we saw him lifting off in that Illinois game last year. Um, but I, 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 like I said, I, I I don't worry about him. I think he's going to get going here. And I think it's incredibly encouraging that he's out there. I, I didn't notice any big tape or, or knee brace or anything out right. there in your knees. He's just out there playing. That's that's impressive for anybody who's been through a knee injury. It's a scary deal. And as far as Edwards goes, I just see a young man who's trying to make a little bit too much happen, a little bit too fast. He's gotten out ahead of a couple of his blocks, and and he just needs to have a little more patience and let those guys up front get in position and then, then make that one cut, and then that kid's going to be gone. You know he's got top-end speed. And, and again, the same thing. I, I think there's more wrinkles to come. And the fact that, that Corum is not ripping off 100 to 150 yards and, and Edwards is not doing the same thing in the same game, I think a lot of us thought that was going to be the standard here for Michigan. It hasn't yet, but I certainly expect both of those players to get plenty of touches and be productive, even if the stats 
are not showing anything that's really going to blow you away. I agree, and, and talk to me when they get to Big Ten play, and I think I'll start to judge them. These games are going as expected, and I agree with you. They're not showing much of the playbook. You can hear Doug and Chris Ballas talk everything Michigan football weekly on the Michigan Football Podcast at thewolverine.com. Doug, safe travels. Thanks for the update. Enjoy the game on Saturday night. All right, you the same, Bill. Thanks. Go Blue. All right, Doug Skeen. Since we've had all that bad weather, like, you know, three weeks ago, is it – like mobile service, the sounds, everything's been crazy, hasn't it? At least in the Grand Rapids area for me. It's been weird. I do have a message with the NFL back, college football. I just heard us talking about uh, the games on Saturday, Michigan State and Washington. It's going to be interesting how much of the Mel Tucker story is addressed during that broadcast. Michigan, Bowling Green, a night game. Then you got the NFL uh, back Thursday night game through I think it's on Prime Sunday, Monday, Lions and the Seahawks on Sunday at 1 o'clock in downtown Detroit. My Budweiser pregame bash will be at Tin Roof on Sunday, 10 a.m. until noon. You can join me uh, before the Lions game at Tin Roof, just about a block and a half from Ford Field with our friends from Budweiser. Also, with the action happening this week, college and the NFL week two, on the NFL side, you need to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Plus, nobody's missing out on the action this week or all season long. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. So get in on NFL Week 2 action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, download the app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only with code HUGE. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. The other half of that Michigan football podcast from the Wolverine.com, Chris Ballas, he'll join us next. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. In the den. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. The Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. It's amazing how different baseball has become, not just the equipment and ballparks and rules, but the pure power. Atlanta first baseman Matt Olson recently became the first player to reach 50 homers this season, yet on this day in 1909, the great Ty Cobb hit his ninth and final home run of the season. All nine were inside the park home runs, and that total would lead the league by two. Cobb would hit 117 homers in his 24-year career. Olsen, for example, has more than that in his last three seasons alone. It's not an indictment on either, or even the game today. It's just different. It's a perspective that makes us recognize how much the game has changed and how different great players can affect the game. 
Huge here for my good friend Matt Golden. Now, he's a CEO and GM at the Tullymore Golf Resort. They're in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids. And fall golf is here, and they have some huge deals you can take advantage of on stay-and-play packages, tee times, and more. Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That is TullymoreGolf.com. Also, if you want to book a Christmas party for the holidays, you want to squeeze in a business meeting, with some golf and great food and beverages. Matt Golden and his team can take care of you right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're also booking big groups who want stay and play packages, or maybe you just want to look ahead to the perfect weekend in 2024. Remember, Tullymore is less than an hour north of GR in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Book your stay and play package or get more info now at TullymoreGolf.com. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Join Van Andel Institute Purple Community for the Be Brave 5K Walk and Run in Caledonia on October 7th at 8 a.m. You can participate in a day of fun and exercise all while supporting breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute. Register at VAI.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Remember, if you miss any of our huge opinions, interviews, hours, or full shows, our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show, where you download podcasts. Friday, 3 until 6, my road show will be at the McDonald's in Granville. I met Joe, one of the McDonald's operators they're in Granville on the west side of the state on six McDonald's. I'll be there Friday, 3 until 6. They have a pretty cool deal, Superfly. If you stop out between 3 and 6, you can't go through drive through but you go into the McDonald's in Granville. They will give you, if you have the McDonald's app, or you download it when you're there, you'll get a $6 arch card to try some of the best burgers in Michigan. So that's pretty cool. It's on Friday, 3 until 6. Uh, with McDonald's of Michigan, I'll be at the McDonald's in Granville broadcasting statewide. And Jeff Risden from Lions Wire will join me live 3 until 5 on Friday. We'll break down the Lions and the Seahawks as the Lions continue their march to perfection. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com is standing by. We have a few minutes we want to spend with him, get his thoughts on the Bowling Green game on Saturday night at the Big House. How you doing, my man? Doing great, brother. Thank you. All right. What should Michigan fans expect to see Saturday night? Yeah, more of the same, right? You're going to see more of a pro-style offense from Bowling Green, though. So, uh, And actually, Mike Elston, Michigan's D-line coach, said today they were kind of relieved by that after 
chasing around UNLV's quarterback and having to play ECU's quarterback against the draw and stuff like that a little bit more. So, um, you know, 40.5 point spread I think is too high, especially with the shortened games now. Michigan had four possessions in the first half against UNLV, which is not enough football in my opinion. But uh, they're going to play as many guys as they can in the fourth quarter, and I would expect that uh, Michigan's going to dominate. They want to see the run game pick up, and Jim Harbaugh admitted it's not where it needs to be, but in talking to people close to the program, huge, they aren't concerned about it. They said it's a guy here, a guy there, and some of the guys just need to pick it up like the tight ends did last week and improving dramatically from week one to week two, but this defense is nasty, and this is what's going to carry them, I think, throughout the season. That front seven is as good as any we've seen here in a long, long time. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee Guest Line. And our final little segment here, who has impressed you the most for Michigan offensively and defensively? Who would be at the top of the list? I assume McCarthy, right? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just playing at an elite level where he's putting the ball. And we'll know more when they play better teams. You know, we've we've seen a lot of quarterbacks, Bill, put up big numbers in the non-conference against bad teams, but he's putting the ball right where it needs to be with an unbelievable precision and allowing his guys to make yards after the catch that, you know, if they had to stop or something or, or reach back for the ball, they might not make. So he's been elite in that respect. Um, to me, Roman Wilson has really kind of been a revelation. They wanted him to give him the number one and told him to step up, and he's done exactly that. We still haven't seen a whole lot of the deep ball, so that's been really good. And then really the front seven, uh, the whole front seven, uh, I can't pick out one guy on that defensive line. Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant, have been dominant as sophomores, and Kenneth Grant is a guy who Mike Elston said today, Michigan's D-line coach, is, is just still scratching the surface, and uh, you can see the power and the speed that he plays with, so uh, he called it the best front seven that he's ever been a part of in his you know 30 years of football playing and coaching more than that, so uh, it's fun to watch, and we're going to see uh, we're going to see how those guys do against better offenses, obviously, but right now you couldn't ask for much more from them. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, Michigan Bowling Green, Saturday night. You can follow everything Michigan football 24-7 at the Wolverine.com. Also, Chris with Doug Skeen, who we just heard from in our last segment. They do one of the best Michigan football podcasts weekly at the Wolverine.com. What's your prediction on the final score Saturday night? Yeah. I got something like 41 to 3 or 45 to 3. You know, I just said they won't cover, but I guess that would mean they would cover, right? So we'll, let's go 40, 41 to 7, and uh, Michigan just barely doesn't cover. All right, Chris, we'll talk next week. Look back at the game and look ahead to the rest of Michigan's schedule. Sounds good. Thanks, Bill. All right, Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee. Guess line Roast Umber is a craft coffee. Uh, It is roasted in Grand Rapids. Beans come up from Central America. You can find it in local stores across the state and also order up online for your home or business at RoastUmber.com. And the Nitro Cold Brew in a can is the ultimate wake-up drink any time of the day with no additives or sugars. Find out more at RoastUmber.com or look for Roast Umber in your local store all across Michigan, GR-based. A craft coffee. And if you love coffee, you'll love roast umber. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. He puts up all the podcasts. We are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Uh, If you miss anything, just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Also, if you're traveling across the state and you want a list of the radio stations that carry us weekdays at 3, go to The Huge Show 
Show.net. And also when you're at the Huge Show.net, still time through September 22nd to enter to win two nights, 36 holes of golf for you and three friends at the Dumaglass Golf Course near Charlevoix, between Boyne City and Charlevoix. Final Labatt Blue Golf Getaway. Yeah, we've given away Agaming and also Tullymore. If you want to win a two-night overnight or two-night overnight stay in golf, enter right now at thehugeshow.net. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. What are you looking for in a career? What are you looking for in your pursuit of happiness and satisfaction? Let's answer those questions by answering this one. What are you? If you're selfless, courageous, dedicated, disciplined, and humble, your happiness and satisfaction may be in a new career in law enforcement. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org today or simply walk into your local police department and start the conversation. You may find the answer to all of your questions. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Over to Tracy for breaking news. We have super good news, Dave. The super sale is back at Meyer Friday and Saturday only. Get the biggest savings on Meyer sliced bacon, fresh Meyer chicken tenderloins, select apples, Sargento cheese, Coca-Cola or Pepsi products, plus deposit where applicable, and brawny paper towels. Get Meyer super sale deals in-store or online while supplies last. Now that is super. Shop this Friday and Saturday only during the Meyer super sale. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser, Lagerbeer, St. Louis, Missouri. How would you like to win $1,500 in cash from Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Carter Dorn Mayhew Firm? All you have to do is beat my pro football picks and you could be the winner. Get your picks in until early Sunday morning at thehugeshow.net. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. time for another edition of True and Blue each and every week with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. 
Uh, the Huge Show partners with law enforcement all across the state to talk about the great men and women who serve and protect us on a daily basis. And today I welcome in from the Saginaw Police Department, Sergeant John Byerline is standing by. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You know, I like to start all conversations with uh, why you got into law enforcement and how long have you been a police officer? Uh, I started back on 9-11 of 09, so I just hit 14 years, um, graduated from Fair State, and then Saginaw picked me up uh, a couple months after graduation and been there ever since. And, and what keeps you motivated to serve and protect on a daily basis, John? So there's, there's, you never know how you're going to touch somebody's life or how you're going to help them that day. And that's what really keeps you going is that you always want to help somebody. And sometimes that could be as simple as changing a tire, uh, making that domestic arrest, solving um, bank robbery, stuff like that, some of those more high-profile things. One of the more satisfying calls that I've been on um, was an elderly lady who called 911 because she couldn't program her thermostat correctly. And this was in the middle of winter. And she was terrified to go to bed because she thought she wasn't going to wake up and be going to freeze to death. So not even a call we would normally go on, but it wasn't doing anything. So I stopped over and helped her. She had it set in Celsius. So went over and switched her thermostat over to, to Fahrenheit, get her air conditioning set for the summer, her heater set so it would kick on if it got below like 70 degrees. And she was so relieved and thankful that she was, it was just, I can finally go to bed and sleep in peace. And that kind of call gave me more satisfaction. Some of the more high profile things I've been involved in. So you never know how you're going to help somebody that day. And that's what really keeps you going. I know something close to your heart when you put that uniform on that you wanted to get the message out on this true and blue segment across Michigan is the public viewpoint of law enforcement today. And you just mentioned that the police are needed uh, and revered in terms of what they do. And a lot of people don't hear that story about you helping out an elderly woman uh, to make sure she was set and safe uh, during uh, the cold weather and also even into summer when it would get hot. Uh, Talk about you as a police officer for Saginaw PD and how you truly believe you're viewed and treated like when you're out on patrol or when you're engaging the people of Saginaw? It just depends on on what type of crowd you're contacting, because generally when somebody is is having some sort of conversation with the police, they're probably not having a good day to begin with. Now, if it's a a passing conversation at the gas pump or getting a cup of coffee, that contact is going to be a little bit different. But if you're called to somebody's house, whether it's uh, them being the victim of a B&E, they're already not having a good day. Uh, they're the victim of some sort of violent crime or a family member was lost. You need to pass along that information. You're not really contacting them when they're having a good day. Um, so it really kind of depends on why you're contacting somebody. Um, but as far as my career in Saginaw, um, I've had every different type of interaction that you can imagine. Some good, some bad, and, and I think a lot of the uh, public outcry towards police um, is is heard more, and that seems to gather a little bit more weight um, and is pushed out more, even though that might not be what the true majority of the public feel um, towards police. You know, they still view 
that police are needed, but their voice isn't quite heard as loudly as, as the naysayers. So, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate to be, but uh, it definitely is still a needed profession, and there are still those out there that want help, need help, and uh, when they call for help, they expect it. Sergeant John Byerline is with Saginaw PD. Uh, he's joining us on another edition of True and Blue in association with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. We do it each and every week, talking about the great men and women that serve and protect. I, I do want to read something that you wrote in talking with Tim Wheeler and getting set for this segment that uh, you answered this question. What is something you truly wish everyone knew about law enforcement? I want to read what you wrote because I, I find it emotional. I wish more people knew the police uniform is just a change of clothes. When we don the uniform and equipment, it does not make us any better than anyone else. Furthermore, we are still humans just like everyone else. We are not untouchable or invincible. We still feel fear, nervousness, apprehension. We still can get hurt or killed. We still bleed when injured. We are still people under the change of clothes and will feel the same emotions as everyone else. We are not robots. Nobody likes to go to work to get yelled at. Police are no different. That is pretty profound, uh, John. It's uh, that is uh, so well put. It's uh, definitely something I feel a lot of people don't see the kind of the softer side of police, as I just mentioned. When we're dealing with people or, or contacting people, they're already not having a good day. And sometimes, sure, we have to come in and be a little bit authoritative. We might have to raise our voice and yell. If it comes to violence, we certainly don't promote or provoke it. But if we have to be aggressive in our actions, okay, we can be that. But we don't prefer that. And nobody wants to go to work to get yelled at, and the police are no different. If we're on the scene just trying to keep people back from a crowd, we don't want to be yelled at and, and argued with. I tell people all the time, I'll talk to you all day long. I'll answer any questions. I, just, I don't want to argue. I just don't want to get yelled at. But if you got a question, absolutely, I'll answer it when I can. And let's just have a conversation just as two people would do, not necessarily police officer to citizen. Let's just talk like two people. And that's that softer side of police that, I don't think is really put out there and people view the police as this robot authoritative figure, but they don't see the behind the, behind the scenes. And when I'm not on calls, if somebody walks in front of my truck at the police department and I'm sitting in the truck, I'm going to honk the horn and try and scare them just because it's funny. It's just that lighthearted aspect. You know, if you're sitting in Seven Eleven getting a cup of coffee with another sergeant that I always grab a coffee with, you fill their cup up a little bit too high. So they got to take a sip on the counter before they can pick it up because you filled it too high. Those little types of interactions that are just comical and lighten the day and the everyday lifestyle of each individual police officer. And, you know, yeah, I can be rough and tough if I have to be, but what people don't see is that I've got a seven-year-old that I'll put pigtail braids in her hair. And they don't see that side. So, yeah, I might be a little rough and tough if i got to be, but there's a much softer side that not everybody gets to see. Sergeant John Byerlein is with the Saginaw Police Department, grew up in Saginaw Township, went to high school in Saginaw, then went to Ferris State University, graduated with his bachelor's in criminal justice, which also included the police academy through Ferris State, graduated in May of 2009, and then Saginaw PD hired him in September 
2009, and he remains committed to the people of Saginaw. His entire life invested in that community. Joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. John, thank you for the conversation. My best to you, your family, and all of those men and women who serve and protect inside the Saginaw Police Department. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, all the best wishes, and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Yeah, speaking from the heart. I could hear it in his voice when we started the conversation. This guy literally wears his badge on his sleeve. And his entire life has been there in Saginaw. And he's willing to put his life on the line for you, the people of Saginaw. That defines what this True and Blue segment is all about and why we do it. And thank you to everybody uh, who protects and serves all across this state of Michigan. True and Blue, as I mentioned, is presented every week by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police here on the HUGE Show across Michigan. Big. Bad. Huge.